It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth, presented by Core Water. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. We've been on hiatus for a little bit, but uh, it is the start of NFL football, and we are so excited to be with you. A couple podcasts a week from here on out. I am Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, our producer, Scott the Huff, on the board. Got to thank our uh, presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core Water. Hydrate with Core.com is where you find out more information. I'm telling you what, perfectly balanced pH to match your body's uh, natural pH level of 7.4. A great big cap. You can suck all that water everywhere. Water is sold. Crisp, award-winning taste. That's Core Water. You got to check them out. They also have the flavored waters, which are absolutely delicious. The Huff drinks them all the time. They're unbelievable with all kinds of different flavors like strawberry, banana, uh, berry flavor, you name it, they've got it. It's delicious. That's Core Water. Hydrate with Core.com for more information. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I missed you. Uh, missed your Musk. It was uh, yes. good Good to be back uh, after being back. Uh, I was back at East uh, with my, I know, my buddies. I know. I, and I think, you know, right from the start, because you told me this earlier, and I think we need to... Uh, I think we need to recognize you maybe as uh, as a hero, Mike, and uh, and this is like this is an important part of this podcast. This is like the public service aspect of of this podcast. So uh, why don't you why don't you uh, you know tell tell all of our listeners um, the extraordinary uh, boys' <laughs> weekend you had and um, and and what because my boys' weekend was just you know guys eating meat and drinking beer, but. You took it to the next level. This well, year. we were eating meat and drinking beer as well. But one of my buddies, uh-huh. who is is known for basically every other year, he'll drink to the point where he ends up uh, puking, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's it's usually great fun uh, watching right. him puke. And so uh, th- this past uh, week, uh, Friday, we were all hanging out, and we had about a dozen of us. So conversations are going on around the dock on the lake and everything, and we're mm-hmm. eating brisket. And yes. that my that my buddy uh, smoked all day long, so we're all eating brisket. And my buddy uh, goes off. He walks over to the side of the house, and he's kind of like bent over a little bit. I'm like, up, oh, up, oh, here we go, everybody's gonna puke, you know. And <laughs> I mean, that's that's my first reaction was probably pretty bad. But then I I was watching, and he started to kind of like wave his hand, like you know, like come over here type thing. And I, you know, I don't know. It was just one of those things that it just kind of clicked. I'm like, I think he's choking. And so I, I, I went over there and he was. And so I sort of, you know, banged him on the back on his back a couple times and nothing happened. So I attempted the Heimlich and I've never done the Heimlich in my life. Right. I have a basic idea of what it's supposed to look like. And so I just hoped I was doing it right. And on the the second, you know, tug, uh, a big old chunk of brisket came flying out of his throat. And uh, thank God, because I did ended up doing it one more time. But it was after that second one where I really started to panic. And I was like, what if this doesn't work? What the hell are we going to do? But thankfully, it worked out. Uh, It was all very emotional. Uh, There were plenty of hugs around after that. And then after about five minutes when we all realized he was okay, oh, did the ribbing begin. But uh, uh, for a moment there, it was pretty scary. So just a a reminder that uh, basic uh, CPR or ways that you can perhaps help a buddy in distress – yeah, you know, the, the the more you know, I guess. Yeah. What would you, like? What would you guys have done? Like, get a shovel, dig a hole. I basically grab a bag of lime. Yeah. No, my group. Like, it would have been like weekend at Bernie's. 
Yeah, you know, well, just been like, just been like, uh, you know, his wife is like, hey, where is, uh, you know, what, what was his, it was Jaime, what was that his That was name? half, it was half. Half. What, what, what happened to half? Yeah. I don't know, he, uh, he wandered off uh, yeah. Yeah, last night, we, we haven't seen him since. Well, I don't no, know what I mean, here's a picture of him, he's, he's on the boat with us. <laughs> You know, big mound, got, big mound in the got, in the yard. He's got a little straw hat on. Mound. He's got a straw hat on. Pulled a little low, but you know, half <laughs> just. But but boy, you talk about selfishness. I know. I mean, number one is you're a hero, but two, the <laughs> selfishness. If he would have died, oh. you know, would ruin your boys. Oh, like totally you probably, you guys probably would have had to put a. a the kibosh to the boys' weekend. Like yeah, we can't well, have it anymore. Exactly. But it is it is so funny when you get a group of guys that have known each other for so long. I mean, you go from a moment that that, that is really legitimately scary, and, right. and there's that that understanding of wow, did that did that just happen? And then literally within ten minutes, ten minutes, we are just abusing him to the point where like you know we've we've got the chunk of brisket on a plate. And, like, you know, we're all making jokes about, hey, do we need to cut your food up for you? And one of my buddies is like, I'll give $100 to anybody who eats that. And I was actually surprised nobody, there were no takers. Now, I'm like, you're $100 richer right now, aren't you? You ate it, (laughs) right? No, no. You're like, what did you do with your $100, Mike? Oh, it was disgusting. No way. But but, But seriously, we actually had the piece of meat. That you know nearly choked my buddy, and we were all like uh, making jokes about it. But yeah, yeah, which, it was which, it was scary for a second there. So, which gives me kind of an idea. What's Mike? that? A new job for you? Which is? Well, you know, you you consider the fact that um, you look back and everybody's darling. Like, there's two darlings in the NFL right now. Both reside in the AFC, right? The Browns would be one darling, would they not? Sure. Like everybody thinks, and then maybe it's. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Right? Yep, certainly. And, um, you know, they they pretty much choked away the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've got this job for you, Coach Heimlich. <laughs> okay. Every time that Andy Reid goes to make a stupid decision, Coach Heimlich walks in and says, uh, you know, like, for instance, AFC Championship game, right? Like, I'm going to out-Belichick Belichick. So what does Belichick always do when he's at home? He defers. They kick off. Then they get the ball at the end of the first half. They get the ball to start the second half, right? Two offensive possessions. Meanwhile, not realizing that Andy Reid has one of the worst defenses in football, he elects to defer to kick off to the New England Patriots before they even open their eyes offensively in this crowd that's just got this. I mean, they're, they've got wonderlust going on for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and the whole offense, Travis Kelsey. They're down 14 nothing before they even touch the ball. Like, you know, I, I, w- I would think that maybe, like, right when he goes, hey, let's defer, right before they're, they're meeting the team captains before they go out for the coin toss, and Coach Heimlich just kind of saunters up and goes, I really don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> or, or, like, or you know, our offense is really good. Well, you know, let's go, Andy. I see you, you going. You, I see you yeah, going. Before you this. choke here, let let's go. So, Hi, Coach Heimlich's going to kind of coach you up on this one. So, like, or or like while the the game is playing out, and Coach Heimlich notices that uh, Tyreek Hill, who all he has done is terrorize the Patriots the two previous right. times, ends up having one touch, one touch for forty two yards. By the way, one touch. In that entire AFC Championship game, that's when Coach Heimlich walks over Andy Reid and goes, "Um, you, you might want to get uh, you know your best yeah. player involved here." 
uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe a bubble screen, maybe run a jet sweep, maybe something that will just get him in the flow. But I don't know if this was intentional on your part, Mike, but I heard you use a word in conjunction with Tyreek Hill that um, I think is fairly apropos. You said uh, terrorized and Tyreek Hill in the same sentence. Boy, you. Uh... All right. So I got to ask you, what did you make of. The Seahawks, what, 10 and a half sacks? Jaron Reed? Yeah. Jaron Reed uh, suspended for six games for a domestic violence case that had been investigated. No charges filed, but yet the NFL suspended him for six games. How is that any different from what went down with Tyreek Hill, who was not suspended? Is this... I mean, the, the the cynic in me, the absolute cynic in me, the the one with the tinfoil cap, is is thinking, hey, Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's new darling that they want to promote. He's their new golden child, and the last thing we want to do is take away one of his biggest weapons. I, I mean, tell me that that doesn't actually happen, that that isn't the conversation that goes into why this guy wasn't suspended. My, I can't, I, I literally cannot explain it. I thought it was, I thought, you know, I've talked to you about this. I thought it was at least going to be six games, right? Like this Jaren Reed. Jaren Reed, what, this was a, a, a 2017 accusation that, you know, that basically, um, that basically they never prosecuted, they didn't continue, right? So it's it stems all the way back from 2017. Here's here's what I don't understand, okay? When you're talking about Tyreek Hill, you're talking about a guy who pled guilty in 2014. Read the police report. One of the things in the police report, so he choked out his then-pregnant girlfriend in 2014, I think it was 2014, um, and, and pled guilty to domestic violence. In the police report... The police officer said her eye was she had like a, a like she had been you know punched in the eye. It was actually swelling and bruising while he was interviewing interviewing her. She had visible choke marks on her neck. Like pled guilty to that. So you walk in the league, right, with one strike against you and this kind of. You better keep your nose clean, otherwise it's not going to end well for you. You better get counseling, and you better fix yourself, right? And so then they have a then they have a recording where his his girlfriend, I think her name is Crystal Espinoza. If I if I, I hope forgive me if I get I got that wrong, but where she tapes him, and 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 basically says your son is terrified of you, and he denies breaking the son's arm, who's now been. He, the, the son has been removed of their custody, right? So something's going on there. And he and he came up three years old with a broken arm, right? And it was the 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 accusation was Tyreek Hill did it. But bottom line is, is in that eleven and a half minute conversation, like she says, part of the punishment, he's not he doesn't respect you. He like Tyreek Hill says he respects you. He doesn't respect you. He's terrified of you. Like you make him if you, if you're punishing him, you make him open up his arms so you can punch him in the chest. He's three, and this is your form of punishment. He's three, and then he says to his girlfriend Crystal, he goes, "You better be terrified of me too, bitch." Like one, you already walk in the league with one strike against you. That is conduct detrimental to the league. 
that is a violation of the personal conduct policy. Like that should be a minimum of a six-game suspension. And and they don't suspend you at all? You're nothing to see here? You're like, are they spinning a roulette wheel, the rule of the, the wheel of discipline at, at Park Avenue? And wherever it lines up, it lines up. I, I mean, I, I really can't comprehend this. And and get this, man. So you walk into the league and you have, let's say in, in college you got tested and you got busted for marijuana use, or you came in and you got you got popped for marijuana use. And so you're automatically in the program. So marijuana is legal all over the place, right? It's legal in the state you and I live in, in Colorado. And and so now you come in and, and you're a good citizen and you smoke weed because you have anxiety or you have you know physical pain or you just like to smoke weed. And whatever the case may be, it's legal in a bunch of states. And you walk in with one strike against you and you're in the program and you get busted for weed and you get suspended automatically for four games for smoking weed. Meanwhile, this guy... Is, is threatening his girlfriend that he already has a domestic violence history with, and he gets nothing? Like, I, I don't, I, Mike, I can't understand, like, the stupidity, and I, I can't understand what they're doing over there. I, it makes no sense to me. I mean, to me, you know, and I've had a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans who are like, you jump to conclusions, see? And I'm like, no, see nothing. That guy's a turd. He didn't, he doesn't, he hasn't earned the privilege of playing in this league. It's unbelievable, and, and maybe it is. Maybe it's exactly that. Man, this is all about offense and fantasy football and everything else, and we don't want to piss off our fantasy football owners, and we make a lot of money you know, in the gambling realm, even though we we condemn gambling, but we make a lot of money off of it. So, like, hey, man, Tyreek Hill is really important to this league because he, he's the most dynamic offensive player in football. Is that the decision you're making? Because if it is, shame on y'all. Uh, not... The same kind of uh, a transgressions or words that you would use to describe Tyreek Hill, but both you and I are big Tom Brady fans. Uh, right. You may be the biggest Tom Brady fan there is. I um, it's unhealthy the obsession I have, but yeah, I mean I'm a a, a big fan. Yeah, it's a, a but, fair way to put it. Did you see the picture? Yes. The oh the video God. that he posted of he and his daughter, uh, jumping off a cliff, and you know Brady Brady's kind of made this his thing, you know, jumping off cliffs and he sends videos out and everything like that. And, you know, Patriot fans have their, you know, hearts in their throats when they see him jumping off a cliff. But this time, you know, jumping, skiing and doing all kinds of things like he's like, he's, Hey, look at me. I, I, you know, I eat avocados and uh, I don't, I don't touch nightshades and I'm invincible. Yeah. He like they're cliff diving in Costa Rica. Yeah. So he, he had his daughter with him. And if you haven't seen the video, it, it, it's like the two of them are up there and like, all right, we're going to do this together. You know, and on the count of three, here we go. And he, he went one, two, three, and he started to jump, and she hesitated. Right. And he literally, you know, had his holding her hand, yanked her with him. And when they landed in the water, it it it, it kind of made me honestly a little queasy because, boy, they landed close to the rocks. I mean, there were a lot of rocks there to clear. And I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not that was good parenting or not. Where, where where do you come down on it? Yeah, well, I'm I'm 100 with like I was when I watched it. I was like, oh, like that's that's not good. Like two things. One, like all right, we're gonna do this together. Like you had to jump out. Like you had to clear like four or five feet of rocks underneath you to get to the water, right? And so, like it's already risky. And then 
Like you've got your hand. I, I instantly went to my parenting 101 and and thought to myself, like I, I don't think I'd have posted that video. There's a couple of things. One, it's dangerous. Two, like what if your hand slips off of her wrist and she's gonna land on the rocks? You know, I mean that that's the bottom line. She she's gonna land on the rocks. And it's probably a 20 foot jump or so. Like you know. You jump 20 feet and you land on the rocks underneath you. That's probably not going to end well. It's probably not a good thing. Um, I mean, he literally, uh, like, like, he almost pulled her arm out of socket, like, getting her out into the water. Uh, I, it just was, like, for me, that's an accident waiting to happen. That was a, that's a really bad, and I've made plenty of really bad parenting decisions. That's a, thankfully, I didn't put them all on video and post them on Instagram, but that's a, that's a, uh, that's a really bad parenting decision. Yeah, right? and and listen, I'm all for the idea of let, let's push your kids and and don't have them be soft. Look, I was always the one that w- when it came time to, hey, you know, jump in the pool, jump in the pool, daddy will catch you, and I always would right. make sure that I, you know, let it let them go directly into the water and over their head before I grabbed them so that they would get used right. to going in the water and not being afraid of the water. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't I don't, you know, you you hear from the Delta Bravos out there who are like, hey, man, what are we, soft? I mean, that's what you do with your kids. I you know, l- Listen, I'm all for jumping into the water hand-in-hand hand with your child to teach them not to be afraid of something. But when I when I saw the, the proximity of the rocks and everything, listen, Tom Brady makes a lot of good decisions on the football field. I don't know if that was the smartest one off the football field. Uh, right. How about this, though? You you brought up something. You and I were chatting before the uh, the, the show here, the podcast, and, and that is uh, Tom, Tom Brady's got a little bit of uh, history being made so far going into this year. I know. This is, the, this is the first time. Now, he's going to year 20. He'll be 42 in August. Um, I will be celebrating that birthday with a little cake. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be with him. I'm just celebrating his birthday by myself. Little cake, ice cream, candles. Um, I usually kind of do it in my study, and I put a tie on the door and tell my wife not to bother me. And uh, I'll just eat the whole cake and a bucket of ice cream by myself and just kind of, you know, spend some time reminiscing about how Brady has affected my life. Um, So that's kind of how I celebrate. Everybody's different, right? Everybody celebrates a birthday differently. That's just how I do it. So anyhow, um, I can't wait for his birthday, but he's going to be 42 20th season. He's embarking on his 20th campaign, and this is the first time in 20 years of professional football that he's walking into training camp on the last year of his deal. This is it. This is the last year. There is, and right now they don't have plans. That doesn't mean they can't all of a sudden come up with something and extend him. But right now he's not extended, and they and they don't are they're not currently working as we speak on a contract extension. To the best of to the best of my knowledge, right now, again that could change. But walking in to his twentieth season on a one-year deal, Mike. Well, you know what what is what does that tell you? That the the Patriots want to take this year by year to the point where they're risking the idea that he could become a unrestricted free agent because it 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 certainly the guy looks like he's still got at least two years of football left in him. You, you, you extend him for another year. You spread out the salary cap hit. But the fact that they haven't done that yet, come on, what what are the way to read, read into that, that they have misgivings about whether or not he can do this beyond another year? 
I don't know. Do you think they're concerned that he can continue to play? I mean, obviously you're in uncharted territory. Like, who else is, has has been a starter and has the resume that he has and is going in into his 20th season, 42 years? I just is like this is we don't know, right? Uncharted territory, and it's never happened before. So, I mean, the year by year thing. I think if you speculate that hey, maybe somebody could get him in free agency, I think that's a little bit like I just don't think he's leaving. You know, Papa Kraft and uh, and the New England Patriots organization. I, I, I there's own part of me that just feels like he's got ownership stake in it. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's nervous about it or concerned about it. But it is it's something new. It's uncharted territory. It's 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 wild. Um, you know, I I, I got to believe that he's not going to play anywhere else but there, right? And I got to believe that they they're willing to go on a year by year basis. I I mean, I just have to think that that's what's going on. Am I wrong or? No, nah, I just you? can't see, I just can't see it. But you know, maybe look that. They, they have to have conversations, right? And whether it's him and Belichick or him and Kraft, I, I can't mm-hmm. believe that this is somehow, you know, sneaking up on him. You know, like he's looking around right. and we're on the verge of camp starting. He's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm, <laughs> what's my deal here? You know, right. I got to believe that. I mean, it's Tom freaking Brady. I got to believe that there, there's already been some discussions about where both sides are at and that they're comfortable with it. You got to think. Yeah, you've got to think. I mean, you know, I mean, but boy, I'll tell you what. It's going to be interesting. And you've said this before, and I'll just echo it. It will be interesting when Tom Brady is gone and how that organization does. and, And I hope that Bill Belichick sticks around. Kind of like Mike Shanahan after Elway retired. Just to see, you know, it's almost this chicken and egg discussion, right? Is it all Belichick? Is it all Brady? I mean, obviously it's a combination of the two, I believe. But just to see exactly what happens to the New England Patriots when they're no longer, you know, have have the world's greatest American quarterbacking their team. Isn't that going to be fascinating to watch that whole thing develop? Well, do you think do you think Belichick walks away, or do you think he just hangs in there and and continues to coach? Like, I, there's a part of me that he is so uber competitive that he wants to prove, like most coaches do, I can do it without Elway, or I can do it without. I think Brady, that I, I think it'll it be. Without. I think that's ultimately how he'll go, because I, I think if he if he were to retire in lockstep with Brady, it would just be it'd be too easy for people to say, Ah, see, there you go. You know, he knows it. He's admitting it. He can't win without Brady, so he's walking away so that he doesn't do anything to taint his record. It'd be too easy. Nah, I, I'm i with you. I I think he coaches on for a while. I, I do, too, because I think most of these guys have, like, just have this belief in what they do and who they are. And, and it's not only just the belief in what they do and who they are, but it's also the challenge of, Man, I love, I love the grind. I love the challenge. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to develop another quarterback and we're going to be great with that guy. And so I think there's that part of it as well that, that just drives. It's like, you know, it's like why college coaches want to go to the NFL and you don't want to want to take their shot in the NFL because they just want, they want to see, you know, they want to see what they've got in the NFL and how and how they do it. Like that's where, like even though 
I would be like I'd be surprised if Nick Saban left Alabama for an, at one more try in the NFL, but I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? I'd be surprised, mm-hmm. but it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be shocking. Well, we shall see. Uh, the camps are, are opening all over the place. Uh, we've had a chance to watch the uh, the Broncos already five days in, so we'll uh, start to get reports and all kinds of um, overreaction from all the camps. Uh, as we move along, but good to be back, and we're we're going to be going hard now. Jeez, what? Right through the Super Bowl, so it's good. The NFL's back. It is, it is, and you know what? One thing you got to understand too, guys. So, uh, like, because we're going through this in Denver right now, so just, just this, this is a preemptive warning, if you <laughs> will. Okay. Usually, the first four or five days of camp, the offense is way behind the defense. So if your offense, I don't know, looks a little bit like Denver's offense, you know, just kind of struggling, a little sluggish and that, like, hey, it's okay. It's easier to play defense right off the bat in training camp than it is to have continuity and success on the offensive side of the ball. So it usually takes four or five practices for the offenses to get going and, and, and start, you know, and, and to start thriving, so to speak. So I, I guess what I'm telling you is if your office isn't great right off the bat, um, that's okay. It's a work in progress. Now, let me just say this. If your offense is absolutely, absolutely running roughshod through your defense early, your defense sucks, <laughs> and you should be worried. Yeah, but, Does that make sense? Yeah, but here, here's, here's the thing. The, the way that we, we look at football, when an offense struggles early on, ah, hey, you know the defense is ahead of the offense. This, that. Right. But if an offense comes out and has a good day, nobody's trying to pour water on it. Nobody is. It's like, hey, it's, our quarterback looks good. Receivers, yeah. uh, you know, nobody tries to pour water, cold water, on a uh, great day for the offense. It's a great day for the offense. That's how it's sold. Yeah. The offense, uh, you know, you know how this league operates, mm-hmm. right? We want offense. That's we right. We just want offense. That's just the way it is. That's so the way it is. Just get used to it. That's uh, that's happening. By the way, uh, did you see this list of the top ten quarterbacks? According to who? I think it's uh, NFL.com or something. No. They, oh, they I know what you're talking about. It, 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 pro Football Focus. Yeah, they oh, rank yeah, the, they football, rank their yeah. yeah they rank their yeah, top ten what... quarterbacks going into the season. Oh. Did you see? Yeah. Is he a number number ten one? Yeah. So the the normal the usual suspects one through nine, but number ten, come on, they did this for clickbait, didn't they? This is clickbait. Doesn't this have clickbait written all over it? Number ten, Baker Mayfield. Now, let me just let me just throw out. He had twenty seven touchdowns. He had thirty seven hundred yards plus. Uh, 63 and change in completion percentage. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Not top 10 in your book? Is he a top 10 quarterback going into the season? Man. Hey, how many how many times have we talked about this during this offseason? The, the love, the hysteria, the hype that's surrounding the Cleveland Browns. Wow. It it is, it's unlike anything I've seen recently. Right, I've been well, covering this league like, for a long time. Right. Okay. So let me just. I go, can't put me, him in the top ten. No way. All right. In the AFC East, there's Brady, and then you got a bunch of also rans. Right. You, I mean, you can't jo- like Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, or or uh, uh, 
Fitzpatrick or Allen in Buffalo. So, like, all right, Brady is above, right? Right. So there's one. Then you go to the AFC North, the division he plays in. Would you put him ahead of Andy Dalton? Probably, right? But you can't put him ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. No. So Ben Roethlisberger's there. Then you go Indianapolis, Luck. Can't put him ahead of Luck. Nope. But, you know, I could I could see him. Deshaun Watson. No. Um, no, I put what? No, come on. Okay, but I'm just saying that that's close. But Marcus Mariota's no. in a prove-it year. No, no right? you're right. You're right. And and then uh, you got Nick Foles in Jacksonville. That's that's still like that's still there's still a prove it aspect to that, even though he's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I'd still put I'd still rather have right, I'd still put more faith in Foles right now. Yeah. All right, but then you go to you go to the AFC West. Like he's not ahead of Philip Rivers. He's not ahead of uh, of of uh, Showtime, right? Patrick Mahomes. What about Derek Carr? Uh, Derek Carr was almost an MVP. Yeah, I, I think ago. Derek Carr's done more in, in in this league. I'd have more faith in Derek Carr moving forward. All right, what about Carson Wentz? What about Eli Manning? What about Dak Prescott? Yeah, I mean, so I, I barely have him in the top 10 in the AFC. Yeah, and then you get into, you know, you get into, come on, I, I mean, uh, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Russell Drew Wilson. Brees. Yeah, come no, on, come on. Now that listen, that was just come on. That's bl- and it worked. Russell hey, Wilson. Hey, it worked. Okay, guess what? It got us right. You we know talked what? about. You got me. Right? right, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Pro Football Focus, you win. You got me. Hook, line, and sinker. Yep. You got me. Click bait, bait. We bit. But I, I will tell you this, man. I think he can play. Of the Hall of Fame five quarterbacks, you know, the, the last year's first rounders, I don't think there's any question he's going to be the best one. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. But top 10, come on now. Man, I, yeah, it's a little I bit. how the Browns fare this year will be fascinating. Fascinating. I, I, think yeah. it's, I think it's all been too much too soon. Yeah, I think there's but... going to be a little train wreck aspect to this. We have this commercial in Denver, you know, that we run on our station about, uh, the, you know, mail issues. Um <laughs> And jeez, oh, I know where you're going and, with this. Yeah, and and one of the lines in the commercial is, uh, "Hey guys, do you crescendo too soon?" <laughs> like, I think I think this is a little premature crescendo for about the the Browns here. I think there we go. Oh, 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 sorry, that never happens. Uh, like, I, I think I think that, I gotta think that's where we are right now with the you Browns. Know, good for you, because every time I hear that, I wince a little bit. <laughs> But yeah. now, the way you framed it, now I'm laughing. So good job, yeah. dude. Good job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Amy, you know what? That, that pretty much does. Let's I just think, edit on yeah. that. I, I, think I, think I think that's perfect. I think that's a good uh, ending spot right there. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, we really appreciate you. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, the fine folks over at Core Water, hydratewithcore.com, uh, for more information. And uh, you know what? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll circle back around and, uh, and do it all over again at the end of the week.